0: AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. It's the Matt McNeil Show, 952-946-6205, 952-946-6205. Our next guest is the reason why one of my uh, longtime fans came to me and said, you're now my second favorite radio host on the station. (laughs) (laughs) She did, but I kind of agree with her. She's fantastic. Santina Jackson is our morning show host here, 6 to 8 a.m. right here on AM 950. And, of course, out of WCPT in Chicago at 820 out there, the mothership for her in the Chicago area. She's kind enough today to join us to talk about some Chicago issues. Hi, Santita.
1: You're still my fave, loving you, Matt. <laughs> <laughs>
0: my goodness. Well, it's it is it, it, it was it was. Hey, you know what? The truth is, I can get it because your show is just wonderful, and I'm glad. And it's of course, and not only of of course, you can uh, on the 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 tuned in app, you can the, stream the show, and you can listen to it on podcasts and stuff like this. But now, if you are still listening on the AM signal, now that we're getting into the summer, you're going to be able to have uh, Santita Jackson full power all throughout the summer, which is fantastic.
1: And you know, I'm also we stream live on the U, on the Santita Jackson Show YouTube channel, and Santita Jackson and friends. So you know, I would love for you to come on because uh, I want you to talk about why the Chicago race is so important to you. But also, um, it gives you a chance to interact with. What we call the Santita Jackson morning stars, and listening to their conversation mm-hmm. and hearing their lived experiences is a really wonderful thing they 've become their own community, but mm-hmm. you know that
0: well i 'd love to i 'd love to I can tell you why i i 'm in, interested in this race, and why I think it 's important mm-hmm. is because it is Chicago is such a large metro area and Let's face it. Let's look around the states that are around us at this point. Michigan, Illinois, Minnesota. As far as the upper Midwest goes, we are becoming kind of more and more unique. I mean, we have seen definite turns to the right in Wisconsin and Iowa the Dakotas uh, Indiana has been very right and and so you know it, what used to be a, a fairly traditional democratic area of this country has become much more partisan when, depending on what state you're in Chicago is beyond that it's it's the midwest's you know massive metro glitzy metro area and so to get the idea of where where we're at I think as a country and as well because it is such a it leans toward the democratic side where the pulse of the Democrats are right now. I think that's why it's very Mm -hmm. important to pay attention to Chicago.
1: Well, you know, it's interesting because in Chicago, progressives have had to fight the democratic machine. Mm -hmm. And see, indeed, that is what Reverend Jackson, my father, and the Al Rabies and Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King actually was put out of Chicago. By the democratic machine mm-hmm. and so, and we always had moderate Republicans like Senator Chuck Percy and people like that uh, Jim Thompson, our governor, and on and on and on, so you know and I think that in the Midwest, um, unlike in many places of the country you have you have a real mix, and we don't have people who skew all the way to the far right, but then we do have our militias, you know we do that too yeah, but I mean you have a, you have a real I think geographically, politically, um, we are in the center of the country. And that's why the capital of talk really emanates from the center of the country. They did not sit. I mean, Phil Donahue and uh, and Sally Jesse Raphael and Oprah Winfrey, they came out of the Midwest. They came out of Ohio. They came out of Chicago. There's a reason for that. You're in Minneapolis, and, and there's a reason for that because we are in the middle on a whole lot. And I think that's a
0: good thing. You you brought up a very interesting point about Democrats in Illinois and because in, in, in Minnesota here I don't know where in we're, Chicago. Well, <laughs> so, well, we, in Minnesota right now we're kind of having a, a, just a wonderful time. I mean, Governor Laws, the Democrats <laughs> took over everything. Uh, they are passing some real good legislation, getting things done yeah. here in Minnesota. A good democratic agenda, and it's there, and it's not pandering. And Minneapolis-St. Paul is what three point seven million. State's population is five point six. So overwhelmingly, okay. and between, and then when you add in Duluth and Rochester, St. Cloud, Moorhead here, you do get a you know fairly the large portion of this is generally runs Democrat. It's the turnout which is the issue, and now they kind of at least here the last few elections they figure that out. It's it, it we don't necessarily cave to you know, you know, kind of the issues that are, you know, more rural. It's not saying that we don't care. I mean, I mean Democratic farm labor is DFL. So we care about ag issues and stuff, but it's not about, well, there's a Trump supporter that lives out in Pipestone that we basically have to try to convince to vote Democrat. And so it doesn't derail us. It, you know, when you look at the Illinois, when not only the Chicago Democrats, but you look at Illinois Democrats as a whole, it never is, even though Chicago is such a behemoth as far as an electoral advantage, it never really... You don't get into the more progressive candidates there.
1: No, we don't. I mean, because but remember, it's the Chicago Democratic machine mm-hmm. that has always thwarted that. Remember, it was the Democratic machine, if you will, the Democratic establishment that stopped the Bernie Sanders campaign in 2020. So I think that we I think that we have to understand just what the Democratic Party is, just what the Republican Party is, there are many different layers to all of these parties, the different strains within the parties. And, and that helps us to understand the, the challenge that we have within our parties. When Reverend Jackson ran for president, for example, in 1984, we bumped into the founding documents of the, what was called the DLC. And they were, that was Al Gore, Bill Clinton, uh, Sam, uh, uh, Sam Nunn, uh, Chuck Robb, all of these big, big Democrats. And they said that they were, found, they were being founded to counteract the impact of Reverend Jesse Jackson and the 2.5 million voters he brought into the Democratic Party. And if they weren't successful, they were going to become Republicans. So we've had that fight, you know, whether we're going to be a corporatist party or are we going to be – a, a populist party, and mind you, we ended up getting on with Bill Clinton very well. I think he's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful guy. But I think that we have to learn to be we have to learn to disagree without being disagreeable, and understand what the fight is. I mean, mm-hmm. I think the fight is against the corporatocracy everywhere, all around the world. I mean, this is not just in Chicago. It's not just in the United States. This is what you're seeing with the indigenous people in people in South America. They don't want their water owned by corporations for example. Mm-hmm. We're seeing this all over the world and I think we need to be mindful of what's happening in what's happening in our times. The spirit of the times, the Zeitgeist mm-hmm. is pushing people to really take the reins of power and and also um, you see have the corporations pushing to take more and more power from us. And so You have to get active. We have to understand that voting is the end of the beginning, not the beginning of the end. On the day after the election, you have to then push your candidate who is now going into an office where the corporatists already are. I mean, I love Brandon Johnson. He's a populist. But guess what? I do know that on floor five at City Hall in Chicago, the people who are going to meet him there who are always ensconced in that office are the corporations and the corporatists. So I'm going to have to advocate like never before because these people are going to be on him to obey their agenda. And we have to understand that about a mayor, about an alderman or an alder person. We have to understand that about a governor, a state representative, your president, your your congressperson. You have to understand that that's how power works. And power never uh, concedes anything Mm -hmm. without demand. Frederick Douglass told us that. So you have to push, push, push all the time.
0: Paul Wellstone, an uh, unequal tide raises all boats. Oh. Yeah, it's just if, if, if that's the line the most. And corporations are not people, my friend. I mean, let's just say that. Let's. Uh, and let you, do you know,
1: I love Paul Wellstone. You know, yeah. he was the chair of our campaign at '88. Yeah, that was our guy. That was our. I love Paul Wellstone. Main. Made- May he rest in peace, but you know he's up there in heaven. Raising Cain. <laughs>
0: uh <laughs> Lori Lightfoot, I mean, for a lot of people, I mean I mean, there wasn't mm-hmm. a lot of coverage of this. This was a pretty big you know, the fact that in the in the uh, runoff or the, the the initial ballot here, she did not finish in mm-hmm. the top two. She finished third. Yeah. What happened to Lori Lightfoot and her support within the city?
1: I don't know. You know, well, no. I th- I have my suspicions about a few things. Number one, I think she was an excellent mayor and who could walk into a something like a pandemic where you had to shut the whole country down, the whole world shut down. And she got us through that period. But one of the challenges that you have is that she's a prosecutor. And I don't know if she really had uh, the feel for retail politics. And she was, you know, pugnacious, always pushing. And, you know, and as a woman and as a black woman, um, she had a tough road to hoe. And you saw that because so many people you had for the first time, we've not really seen this. You saw about seven, at least seven African-Americans running in the race. And they were all running because of some something that they found objectionable about Lori Lightfoot. And that was unfortunate. Um, so that having been said, I think that she served the city well and crime went down under her. Um, and she instituted and really was implement, implementing a lot of programs that were helping small businesses of all colors. She did some good work, but uh, I think that the retail politics really escaped her. Mm -hmm. And I think ultimately, you know, in politics, it's a popularity contest. I mean, up close and personal, people have to like you. They really, really do. Mm -hmm. And if that does not happen, you know, it becomes problematic for you. And I think that that's what happened to her, unfortunately, because I think that she meant well, and I think she did well. But uh, now we are, we have two choices. We have Paul Vallis, the former CEO of the Chicago Public Schools, not the superintendent, because we moved to a corporate model, um, with him. Uh, and that was instituted by Arnie Duncan, the previous, uh, superintendent of schools, who then went on to become the Secretary of Education. Um, and we have the former CTU, uh, uh, organizer and, uh, and the former Chicago Public School teacher, now Cook County, Commissioner Brandon Johnson. So we've got a real, some real stock choices in this race.
0: Should mention the uh, the special, the election, the runoff election is on the 4th, so a week from today in Chicago. Yes. Um, it, yes. It, it's interesting to hear. Uh, Vallis, I was l- looking at the WGN poll from yesterday. Um, Vallis seems to be resonating. Uh, with the tough on crime the the police union that sort of thing Brandon Johnson seems to be re, uh, resonating with the teachers union so you know you really have these two sides facing off you know they're both democrats at least they, they you know one's a, definitely a moderate and one's more of a traditional I would say or even more of a progressive
1: no well he's a progressive yeah,
0: yeah. and 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 so you have the t- you have two democrats here but I mean Vallis is is an interesting character because he does seem more right than you see uh, a candidate who resonates within metro areas be today? I mean, he definitely does seem to be on the, more on that right writer side. You know, I'm not saying moderate Republican, but at the same time, he's he definitely is on that moderate side.
1: Well, other people are saying that, you know, they're calling him, you know, Republican light. And, you know, yeah. and a lot of his public policies are corporatist. And I think we need to be mindful of that. Um, Brandon Johnson is an unrepentant progressive. I think we need to be mindful of that. Um, he's been unfairly labeled with defunding the police. He never, ever espoused that. And I always, I never really understood uh, that label because, you know, I think Reverend Charleston put it so well. It's, you don't want to defund the police. You want to define the police. I mean, look, you want the police to have your back. You just don't want them on your back. Mm-hmm. And police need support. They need psychologists who work with them, they need social workers who work with them, they need psychiatrists who work with them. They need support. They cannot do all the things that they are being asked to do. And so there's that. But under Paul Vallis, we did move toward more privatization of the public schools, and that's what absolutely happened on on his watch in New Orleans. Now, unbelievably, Matt, there are no more traditional public schools in New Orleans. It is 100% charter.
0: Oh, yeah. Did you know that? Oh, yeah. No, I, I was reading a story about the fact that those schools down there do not educate the kids properly enough for college they nowadays, don't. that the colleges will turn down a almost it will turn down a diploma from a New Orleans school because they have not been taught the basics they need to succeed in college.
1: Well, absolutely. And then, you know, we have the military schools, the public publicly funded military schools. In fact, we have a school named after Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, ironically, who was killed because he opposed... The military industrial complex. And indeed, on April 4th, Election Day, that will be the 55th anniversary of his um, of his assassination and the 56th anniversary of his taking a stance against the Vietnam War. And indeed, when he walked off the stage, he did, you know, that he was killed a year to the day to the minute of delivering that speech.
0: Mm, I didn't so know
1: that. it is. At April fourth, nineteen sixty seven, just after six PM, he delivered his anti his stance against the Vietnam War at Riverside Church in New York City. April fourth, nineteen sixty eight, just after six PM, while he was talking with Reverend Jackson and Bill and Ben Branch in Memphis. That's when he was killed. You cannot make this stuff up. Yeah. But as soon as he gave that speech, Reverend Doctor Wyatt T. Walker, one of his staff members, one of his lieutenants, looked at him and he said, you know, you just signed your death warrant. And Dr. Singh said, I know, I know, but it was the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. And so now we have military schools, and this is part of the privatization model. We have military schools that are being put in the black and brown communities. And the Martin Luther King school here, we found that many children were being put into junior ROTC without their permission, and they had no choice but to be there. And many of them were complaining that they couldn't they couldn't get out. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of, this is what's happening. I mean, look, my grandfathers were military, were well, World War II veterans. I am not anti-military, but what I, I would love to have, you know, like a corollary Peace Corps. I mean, I'd like for us to begin to move toward a more mature model in which we seek peace and not just. I opt
0: for war. Well, you know, but, it,
1: that's another conversation.
0: Yeah, heaven forbid we have humanities, civics, and the arts in our schools as opposed to military drilling out in the, on, on, on the on the football field. And I think that I can agree. I'm a veteran. I'm a U.S. Army veteran. I do. Yes. Not, I don't think that this is you know just you know just because you want to look like you're tough on kids. I think this is a bad bad model put forward.
1: I think so. I think you know, number one, you need to love children, yes. and you and you need to love them enough to discipline them. I mean, my mother and father would say, look, I am your best friend. And even though you disagree with me right now, and you might not like me very much right now, I really don't care. I'm going to make a decision, and you are going to abide by it. And you want, and I'm doing this because I love you. I love you. Mm-hmm. So children need love, and if you love them, you discipline them. And then you hug them. You do all of those things. But uh, the, old, the route toward manhood and womanhood, the only route cannot be it cannot be the military model. That mm. I, I don't agree with that. I think mm. that it has to be more than that.
0: Um, we, 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 uh, you and I could talk for hours. Easy. Uh, (laughs) The special, the the special election comes up here on Tuesday, Vallis versus Johnson. If you know people down in Chicago, obviously tell them to vote. But if you are especially Brandon Johnson, you need to get on the streets and help out, get the message out there to help his campaign there as well. Uh, to, to, to win that election. Once again, coming up here a week from today, I want to say one last thing here, Santita. I don't know if you're aware of this. My son was in Highland Park on the 4th of July last year. He oh, was, my uh, word. I was, he, oh. Was, he was there. He's, uh, he's over at the University of Minnesota. He's got a, a lovely girlfriend from Chicago, and they, uh, she, was t- she took him down there for the 4th of July weekend to show him all of her favorite things, and I was there. Um, it's, you know, it's, y- your city is brilliant. I love Chicago. It is a magnificent place. Uh, I really do enjoy going down there. Not a big fan of the Bears. that's 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 a that's another thing. I like Same the cubbies. You, I like the cubbies, I'm okay with the cubs and the bulls are great.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah. I still love the Vikings. There you but go. you know, but no, but in all seriousness, how is your son doing? Because that's so
0: traumatized. It, it it took him a while. It took him a while. Okay. It it took his, his girlfriend, obviously, she's bringing him down there to show him all these wonderful things about Chicago oh, yes. and then this happens. It's it's a it's I'm I'm glad you guys are taking care of things there. You're trying to heal. Chicago is resilient and it's brilliant and so I can't tell you I, if you if you're looking for a weekend trip go down there still. It is fantastic. They'd love the tourism dollars plus the fact that the pizza down there is pretty tasty. So <laughs> you can well, you enjoy know, I
1: love Minneapolis, St. Paul. And shout out to the Sounds of Blackness and Gary yes. Hines and Mike Moss and Reverend McAfee, I love all of you. And Chad Larson, I want to thank AM950 Radio for being my home. You all have been so kind to me. And I can't wait to get up there. Now that we're traveling again, can we do something together, man? I would
0: love to. I would absolutely love to have you come on up here if you can, if you can.
1: No, no. I can't. I'm going to make that
0: happen. Beautiful. How about that? I would, I, maybe we should try to do a state fair thing. Well, I'll tell you what. We'll, we'll talk about that. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll see what we can figure out there. Santita Jackson on the air with us, 6 to 8 in the mornings. Make sure you're listening. And once again, there's no excuse because we're going to be full power. If even if you're just listening on the AM signal, you're going to be full power all through the summer. So you're going to have her all the way up to pretty much all the way to Duluth. So enjoy that. Santita Jackson, as always, thank you very much. I really appreciate the time.
1: Oh, got to have you on my show next. I'm done.
0: Done. Just ask. I'll get up.
1: (laughs) I've asked. So we're just going to work it out. You got it. No
0: problem. (laughs) Santita Jackson. Love you
1: much. God bless you.
0: Take care. God bless you as well. Santita Jackson. It's Take a Break right here on AM 950.